all the time. Praise the Lord. Well, let's see here. Got some things stirring in my heart. I actually had, uh, as of last week, I had some ideas what I thought we were going to do, but you know how that kind of stuff goes. You think you're going to do something, and the Spirit of God says, no, I think we'll wait on that. So, okay, sir, we'll do it your way. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to go uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 once again. We have been um, really ministering on, uh, really, it's in a sense, it's a, uh, some, a series within a series. And um, we have, since the beginning of the year, been doing a series on being the overcomer that we are. We're called to overcome. This is the year of the overcomer for this ministry. Amen. That's what was declared. And uh, so we, we just kind of dove into that and started jumping on that, praise God, and just started standing in who we are as overcomers, praise the Lord. And every week coming at it from a different angle. And, and so several weeks back, uh, began to talk about uh, really the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many know you need help? Uh, I said, how many know you need help? Uh-huh. The quicker you realize you need help, the more help you get. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just something about it. Amen. And so, uh, you know, as we've been talking, and uh, that the Spirit is really there to help, to be a blessing. Amen. And uh, because we need help. Praise God. And so, with that said, uh, let's go to Second uh, Corinthians 2 and verse 9. We're kind of just jumping in the middle of this. Um, and uh, just some key verses here. It says, but as it is written, of course, this is a quote out of Isaiah. Uh, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Everybody say things. things. Say there, there are things that are prepared here, see? Okay, things that are made ready or kept ready, amen, for those who love Him, amen. But, here we go, God has revealed them to us, amen. Maybe back then when Isaiah prophesied it, they, they weren't seeing it. Maybe they weren't grabbing hold of it. They weren't able to grasp it. But now God is revealing these things, these things that have been prepared. And I believe it's like verse 12. It says these things that have been freely given to us by God. Amen. He's revealing these things to us. Amen. Through His Spirit. Now revealing. In other words, making it visible. He's bringing things into view. Amen. He's showing you things. Amen. He's revealing, pulling back the cover. Amen. Exposing it, showing what you have. Amen. These things are being revealed, and it says, through His Spirit. Amen. His Spirit, amen, is trying to reveal things. Amen. For the Spirit searches all things. Amen. Yes, even what? The deep things of God. Amen. Deep things. Let's maybe define that real quick. It means profound things. Divine mysteries. Uh, I like to word it this way, the inside scoop. Amen. God's revealing things, amen. These things that have been made ready, things that have been prepared for you, praise God, things that maybe the world doesn't see, but because you're of God and you got God on the inside, you got the Spirit of God on the inside, amen, He's wanting to show you things that the world never gets to see. Are you still with me? And just for whatever it's worth, you have to understand, if you can see what the average man cannot see, you can do what the average man will never do. If you can see what the average man will never see, you can be all that God says you can be. You can be whatever the average man will probably will never be. Why? Because you're seeing things. Because if you can see it, you can have it. If you can see the impossible, are you hearing me? If you can, if you can, me, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Amen. So he's trying to show you things. The Spirit of God is trying to reveal things. Amen. And so we've been talking about these things that have been revealed. Why? Because ever, the more stuff that gets revealed to you, the more you overcome, the more you conquer, the more you prevail in who you are as a child of God. So uh, we have, you know, the last few weeks been kind of diving into this. And last week, um, in fact, let's uh, put the uh, Gospel of John, put uh, uh, chapter 16, verse 7, put that up on the board, if you will, please. And this is uh, uh, what Jesus said. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. How many like the advantage? I like the advantage. Amen. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, he's talking to his disciples, 
And they're probably thinking at the time, what do you mean you going away, man? We just started getting some things in order here. This is great having you here. And now you're talking about leaving? He says, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, everybody say the helper. The helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. All right, now put uh, chapter 14. I think I got a couple references on that. Let's throw them in. This is something we, we kind of dove in this a little deeper last week, but let's just, just for reference sake here. Uh, verse 16 of chapter 14 of John says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. There's a helper that he may abide with you forever. Talking about the Spirit of God. So he's the helper, amen, the Spirit of truth, here we go, whom the world cannot receive. Well, why don't they receive it? Because uh, it neither, in other words, the world neither sees him nor knows him. That's why the world ain't grabbing it. You know, that, that's, that's, you got to see, the word says this uh, in 1 Corinthians back there in chapter 2. It says, it says that the natural man cannot, can't, can't grab it, can't receive it. Why? Because they're moved more by the natural. All right? Because they're, they're trying to see everything with these eyes, hear everything with these ears, you know, taste, smell, touch, all that stuff. They're trying to take everything in by the senses because they're only moved by what they can see. But the Spirit of God isn't, isn't necessarily operating that way. He's, he's trying to operate on an unseen realm, amen, and lead you and guide you and direct you and help you because if you can see what the average man cannot see, you can do what the average man will never do, amen. So the Spirit of God uh, isn't, isn't seen or known by the world, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Praise God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, that sounds like a good promise right there. Amen. Hallelujah. So, praise the Lord. So, we have the Spirit of God on the inside. Now, uh, let's do this. Um, I want to define... Today, we're going to start it this way. Um, I'm going to define uh, what uh, the, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, how the word Spirit is defined, okay? Um, because it, it's going to help us today of what we've got to do. Uh, the word Spirit um, in, is defined, actually the Greek word is, is pneuma, okay? Uh, it's kind of a weird look word, P-N-E-U-M-A, uh, pneuma, okay? Which means breath. Or breath of life means a current of air or movement of air or a blast or a breeze. You know, we're talking about so air current, okay? But it also means vital principle. In other words, a key element, a vital principle. Um, it means an operative cause out, of from, out from what's being breathed, okay? In other words, it's vital, but it, it's all vital, but it's out from what's being breathed, okay? Now, it's just, it just hear me today, okay? The Spirit of God is just wanting you to breathe. The body of Christ, you know, is hyperventilating. Hello. And the Spirit of God says it isn't that complicated. Breathe. Okay. Now, you're all thinking I'm just talking about oxygen. Okay. It ain't just about oxygen. Now, you know as well as I do uh, how vital oxygen is. Uh, now, mo you know, nobody goes along saying, breathe, breathe, breathe. Which, I'm just trying to make sure I breathe. I'm trying to breathe. I'm breathing. <sighs> Nobody does that. Unless you're out of breath. All of a sudden you realize how vital it is. Am I right? Not complicated. But the problem is, what the breath we're talking about is unseen. Come on. In a sense, it's, it's, a, it's of a different realm. All right? And so what happens is we have a tendency to move along and not even think about it. And not, and not put any faith toward it. Not understand it's how vital it is. Are you still with me? And so we go along in life, and, and even though we got God on the inside, we got the Spirit of God on the inside, we never activate what's in there. And so as a result, we go along and we still live life like everybody else in, on planet Earth lives. And even though you got all, uh, all of heaven's resources at your disposal, we go along because we're still, hello, we're still moved more by what we see with these eyes, hear with these ears. We're still, we're still more moved by the senses, the natural senses, than you are by the spiritual senses. Are you still with me? So let's, let's talk a little bit about this because 
if we just are just more aware of what we have, you're more apt to tap into what you got. All right? We okay? So with that said, let's go to the beginning. We're going to Genesis. Go to Genesis. I got to at least kind of come at you from this angle. <clears throat> go to Genesis. <clears throat> I tell you what, put, uh, um, where you put that, um, uh, put that other reference on the board, um, the one out of Galatians. If you'd put that on the board. Um, I think it's worthy of doing that. We're going we're gonna to read this. We're going to come back to it here a bit. But, but if, it says here that if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In other words, if we're going to conduct this life, live this life, that's what all that word life there is, is zeo, I think is what it is. It's not zoe, but zeo. We're talking about a life being lived, just walking, normal, conducting, living life. And if we're called to live this life in, in the Spirit, then it says if you're going to do this, then you're going to have to walk in the Spirit. And all that means is keep step. So in other words, if you want to live this thing in the Spirit and not live it by the natural, and again, we're going to come back to this in a minute, but if you want to live this thing like you're supposed to, then you're going to have to learn how to keep step with the Spirit. Okay? Now, it's not complicated, but it's necessary. Okay? So, okay, now back to Genesis. Thank you. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, please. Verse 7, all right? Genesis 2 and verse 7. Let me get to it here. All right. And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground, and then said, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Okay? So, he became a living being. Now, most time you read speed, read that, you just think, okay, he, he breathed oxygen into him, and all of a sudden his lungs filled. <laughs> And all of a sudden now he's, whoa, what's up? You know, you know, whatever, you know. But uh, it, it's really not what's going on here, okay? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of what? Breath of life, amen. So it's the breath of God going into a dead being. Maybe it's better to say an, an unlive being, okay, that all of a sudden now becomes a living being being, come on, based on a breath, come on, based on the breath of life coming from the breath of God. Are you still with me? Now, it's all necessary because that, that man, Adam, did nothing. He was just laying there. And there's a few of you just laying there. Come on now. <laughs> I know it's nobody in this room. It's all those watching by internet right now. No. We've all been in those dead states, right? We've all been in those places where I don't know what to do. I just don't know. What am I going to What's my life for? What's my meaning? What's my purpose? What am I? Come on, right? You have all that kind of stuff going on. And so God wants to breathe, amen, the breath of life into whatever it is that needs to be revived or brought to life. Amen? It has never changed. Okay, go to chapter 3. Put that on the board. We'll see it in operation. Chapter 3, verse 8. Okay, this is Adam and Eve, of course, um, you know, in the garden. We're kind of jumping in the middle of the story a little bit. But it says, they heard the sound of the Lord. Now, the word sound uh, actually means voice. Okay? So some translators might even use the word voice there. Uh, they, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden, okay? So the word walk means to, to commune with, to fellowship with. It's what it, actually, most time when it says that the, uh, the patriarchs of faith, the scripture says that, they, that what made them who they were because they walked with God. All it means is they conversed with God. Amen? They acknowledged God. The word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways. In other words, just living life, all your ways. Going down the road of life and all your ways, what do you do? Well, you learn to acknowledge God. Amen. Let's just stop once in a while start communing. To acknowledge God, and if you acknowledge God, the Word says He will lead you and guide you. Amen. So all He needs is just somebody to acknowledge Him. Okay, getting a little ahead of myself. All right, so uh, he's, he's doing what he always does. 
Adam, what's up? Huh? He heard his voice. Adam. Now, you think, you think, uh, you think God uh, couldn't find Adam or didn't know where Adam was? He knew exactly where he was. Amen. Adam, Adam just didn't know where he was. Amen. <clears throat> but anyway, so he's, he's the voice of the Lord walking or communing in the garden in the cool of the day. Okay? In the cool of the day. The word cool there uh, uh, actually refers to uh, by breath. Okay? It's talking about, it's literally like, this is how it all works. In other words, the Garden of Eden is still in operation. All right? It still works. And you hang out with God, amen, and you get the same thing happening all the time. All right? So the, the, the voice of the Lord is now uh, walking in the garden in the cool of the day, which means daily or a daily thing. Now, this, the reason we're bringing this up, because from the very get-go, this is how it was designed. And every day, he says, let me breathe into you. If you don't let me breathe into you, pretty soon you're going to be doing it all on your own. Pretty soon you're trying to function without a leading, trying to function without a purpose, trying to function without help. And so what happens is man goes along and, and starts doing these kinds, and pretty soon they're, they're, getting, uh, you know, they're getting tripped up. Now here, these two got deceived, all right? God's trying to come in on the scene here just like he always does. And the word says they hid themselves from his presence. And how many know that is not a good thing? Now, I'm saying this for this reason. Because most of the people, most people hide themselves from the presence of the Lord. And even in the body of Christ. Um, you know, it's, it, I have a hard time. Uh, you know, I'm, people in general, I, 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 I'm just guilty of sin or mistakes or issues or I'm not living up to what I should be. So instead of running to God or moving toward God, we, we move away from God. It just happens. It's just, a, it's just a ploy of the enemy, and it works. The enemy's so good at what he does. You know, he talks you into doing something, and then he turns around and says, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> and the whole idea is to move you away from presence, to move you away from hearing the voice, to move you away, to listen, hang on, to move you away from drawing on the breath of God. Okay, and so all kinds of things begin to happen. All right, let's uh, real quick. Let's go to um, put uh, put Job, uh, Job thirty two. Put that up on the board. Um, this is all worthy. Look, we're going to talk about just a little bit about the breath, and we're going to go back to the new covenant and show you some things. All right, um, this here is being said by uh, a man named Elihu. Okay, and uh, he's to me he's one of my heroes. Um, now he maybe when I get to see him, he might tell me I, I've been getting his name wrong, but that's that's fine. Um, but, uh, but either way, he's still one of my heroes. He's a young man uh, who's been uh, basically um, kind of in the shadow, so to speak. Um, the uh, Job, you know, of course, went through his whole situation. Uh, it, 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 nothing fun about what he went through. And so all this is happening, going down, and he's got three friends who are, are sitting by him. Uh, I don't know if they're sitting in front of a fire or whatever they're doing. Maybe they're all just kind of pulled up a log, and they're all sitting there uh, chit-chatting and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, Job's going in between, you know, just a whole gamut of emotions because of everything that happened. And, and come on, I mean, who wouldn't, right? I mean, you've you got to deal with all this stuff. So the, the fear and the panic and the regret and, the, and, the, and, and all the stuff that he's dealing with. And you've got three friends that don't know any better. And the scriptures are clear because God says, you better pray for your friends because they've been wrong. Right? Now, God said that. Come on. So three friends that are supposedly trying to encourage him, which they're not encouraging him. All they're trying to do is figure out everything he did wrong. I mean, with friends like that, who needs enemies? I'm just saying, right? So we got Elihu, who's a young man, according to scripture. He even says that. He's a young man standing behind the scenes listening to these men all talk. And, and he's not liking anything they're saying. He's seeing Job, you know, feeling sorry for himself and getting upset with this and mad at that. And you got three guys over here telling him everything he's done wrong and trying to tell him how God did all this to him and all this kind of mess. And, and all this stuff's happening. And he's pretty soon he just, he just kind of like, the word says, he just kind of interrupted him. He said, hey, God, please stop. Now, I know you're all older men. But just because you're older don't mean you're smarter. 
And I know I'm a young guy, and I mean no disrespect, but I got the Spirit of God on the inside. And he's telling me something completely different than what you're all getting. And he says, there is a spirit in a man. How many know you got a spirit in you? So you're, you're made up of, of a, you know, a three-part being. You are a spirit. You possess a soul. And you live in a body. Three parts. Now, when you got born again, that spirit man got rejuvenated. Was spiritually dead. Now it's spiritually alive. Amen. Your soul, amen, is something that's got to be renewed. Right? You got to renew your mind, your will, your emotion. You got to learn to, to, to lean on God and trust in God and take faith and grab hold of and make your confessions. And you're grabbing that word and you're drawing on that. The whole time what you're doing is you're renewing, rejuvenating that soul. Praise God. Renewing it. Praise God like it should. And then you got a body that, bless God, put that sucker under. Right? Got to take authority over it because that flesh just wants to dictate and control. And by rights, he, he's number three on the list, and he tries to be number one. Can anybody relate with that? So you got a, a physical body that just kind of wants to dictate. And so you have to learn how to take authority over this. Amen. So you renew the soul, the mind, the will, and emotions, but you got to take authority over the flesh. But the spirit, man, you had nothing to do with it. It just got rejuvenated when you said yes to Jesus. That, that, that inner man just got rejuvenated. So he's, he's bringing up, it. there's a spirit in man. And he says, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. In other words, the breath of God, amen, now let's, let's put it, the spirit of God connecting with your spirit, come on, gives understanding. Now, that's how it works. It never has changed. That still works that way. Okay, now uh, the word understanding, just in case we, it means to distinguish things, to, to separate mentally. It means perception or discernment or skillful intelligence. Some days I pray for skillful intelligence. Lord, I need skillful intelligence. Some days I just be okay with intelligence. But skillful intelligence, it just sounds so, yeah. Right? So there's a spirit in man and the breath of the Almighty. See, every day he wants to breathe in, hallelujah, into, amen, into your being, hallelujah, into the real you, the spirit, hallelujah, why? To give you understanding. Trying to reveal things. Just another way of saying it. He's just trying to reveal things to you. Trying to show you how it works. Amen. Think about this. Think about how much time. You ever, you ever just see... Um, Oh, it could be anything. You get maybe something on television. Uh, some group, they're all sitting around. They're going to debate something. And you, and you think about, uh, they're trying to debate something that you, maybe you got insight about. And, you, you know, you just think, that they just, that's just stupid. They're all talking and, and all of it just, pfft. Right? Now, that don't mean that we're a know-it-all, but it just, it just means there are sometimes they get on subjects, you know, and they, they want to try to talk God or something. You're like, dude, shut up. You are hurting yourself now. I mean, it's painful to watch. Amen? Right? Oh, come on. But, but see, when you hang out with God, you're letting God constantly breathe in you every day, things begin to become clearer. And you don't waste your time with all this mumbo-jumbo stuff. It's just amazing how he, he, he's there to help. Now, give me another verse. Let's do the one in chapter 33. This is still Elihu talking. He said, the Spirit of God has made me. Amen? And the breath... Of the Almighty gives me life. Amen. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. Now, I'm going to go back and define something here, but look at this. The word life here means, uh, cause, it means causatively to revive or, or to keep alive or make alive. It means to promise life, save life, or restore to life. Okay, that's what that word uh, life there means. Okay, now, I just want to bring this out because... Under the Old Covenant, the same word breath here, okay, means to inspire. Even when it said God breathed the breath of life, amen, it means literally a, a, a vital breath, but it means a divine inspiration or creative inspiration. 
and in all that which even will affect the intelligence, it says. But God is trying to inspire you. God is trying to enlighten you. God is trying to revive you, praise God. Now, I'm just trying to bring all this out because none of this has changed. He's constantly trying to do that every day. He wants to walk with you in the cool of the day every day and breathe into you. And the Spirit of God is in there the whole time. You know, I mean, it ain't like you gotta, you got to go find God somewhere. He's, we got it right here on the inside. All He needs is you to, to acknowledge and connect. In fact, uh, He even said this way. Uh, sometimes you, He's always says in Psalms uh, 46, Be still and know that I'm God. Be still. Well, what, that, what it means to stop, to pause, to acknowledge. Amen. Literally means just to somewhere along the line learn how to just, instead of letting all of this, now this is where we're going, stop letting all of this dictate. Somewhere you got to shut her down. This is why the scripture says sometimes it talks about going into the secret place to pray. You know why you got to go in a secret place? Because you got to go in there and shut the door because everything else wants to distract you. Now, it ain't saying you have to pray in a closet. Maybe you have a closet. You have a closet? She has the closet. She gets the closet. I get the chair out in the room. You got a bigger closet than I do. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, but I also got to get up at four to get it. Amen. All right. So anyway, moving right along. So, amen. There's a secret place or a quiet place. Why? To to get away from all distraction. Why? Because Really, that's all that gets in the way. The only thing that gets in the way of drawing on what the Spirit of God has for you and the understanding, the reviving, the life that comes, the direction, the clarity, the reviving, the revealing, all the stuff that comes, the only thing that gets in the way is called natural stuff. That's it. Because we get more moved by natural senses than we do by our spiritual senses. And so we have to learn to do whatever it takes to try to shut all that down for a bit to draw breath. Otherwise, we are going around, you know, uh, you know, gasping. Spiritually, you know, we're, we're, our spirit man's gasping. But it's, it's not that complicated. It's just learning how to shut everything else down. Now, we're, we're heading somewhere because it, it's all it is. It's just... The natural stuff gets in the way. Now, somebody says, well, maybe we all just shut all that stuff down. Well, good luck. It ain't going to happen, is it? You got stuff all the way around you. You got life to live. You got families. You got jobs. Come on, somebody. You got, you got, you know, you got to, you got to pay bills. You got to turn on the lights. Come on, somebody. You got, you got to, you know, you got, you got, uh, you know, things that you're accountable for, things that you're responsible for. Come on now. And we can even go to the Word of God and find out how, how all of it's probably totally scriptural. But before long, it becomes nothing but a distraction. Instead of breathing in daily what you need to breathe in, we're too distracted with everything else. And if you watch and you know it, you're doing it on your own power, your own strength. You're trying to figure it all out in your own head. And all it does is overwhelms you. And it's not designed to work like that. You were not designed to work like that. You know, uh, uh, you can say, well, I just want to go be a hermit. Um, I would like to just go live somewhere, um, have my bicycle, and not have to have any responsibilities. Somebody said, that's me. What? Okay. <laughs> okay, I should have maybe come up with another example. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know, even, even Adam had to tend the garden. Adam was, there were things he was accountable for. Right. Come on, so you can't go without, you know, accountability. There are things, and, and besides that, you can't hide from people. I mean, we're, we're, in, the ki- we're in the kingdom that, uh, you know, kingdom of light, and, and it's all about, you know, it's all about taking light out there. Come on, somebody. So you can't just say, uh, you know, if there weren't people, life would be good. <laughs> now, come on, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I've had those thoughts before, too. Come on, right? And I even pastor, right? But how I many know that don't work that way? Because you still have things. You have relationships. You have, you know, a marriage. You have kids. You got grandkids. You got all these things that try to pull on you all the time. 
But you can't use any of that as an excuse. You can't let any of that stuff be some excuse to somehow justify a, a, a weak relationship with God or justify no time spent with God. You just can't do that. So somewhere along the line, there has to be a place where you can learn how to be still at times, learn how to maybe have your little quiet time here and there, amen? Learn how, see, once you learn how to do all that pretty soon, then through the course of the day, you can learn how to shut everything else out. I, I, I get pretty good anymore. I can tune things out. Some you say, well, that's rude. No, not necessarily. Because sometimes it's just better to just let God breathe in you than let everybody else breathe in you. Besides that, they got bad breath. But anyway, just whatever. Get your own thought. But anyway, the point is, I'd rather have God breathing into me, right? Come on. Right? Okay. Okay. So with that said, um, let's see. Should we, do, should we do the Psalms one? Let's see. Should I do Psalms? No. Let's go to Romans 8. Let's go to Romans 8. We've got to do that. Have I ever told you how much I love Romans 8? Hey! Okay, what's going on right now in context is a war against spirit and flesh. Flesh wants to control. Spirit knows better. Come on now. But flesh is trying it. So he starts giving you some insight about how to do all this. All right? Now he's summing things up. We'll get to verse 10 here. And it says, and if Christ is in you. How many got Christ in you? How many got Christ in you? Yes. Now, if you don't, you'll come talk to me. We'll get that, get that settled, praise God. But, but if you, I'm assuming most everybody in here has got, got Christ on the inside, right? And it says, and you can have, and if Christ is in you, it says this, the body is dead because of sin. You think, well, that don't, that, that don't sound good. But the Spirit is life, huh? or brings life, okay, because of righteousness. Hang on, he said, see, you got Jesus on the inside, and even though we got Jesus on the inside, the body can still be just out of control. But yet the inner man, you, you're the righteousness of God because of what Jesus did. So your spirit, man, this is talking about your spirit actually here. Your spirit came alive unto God because you received Christ. Now he's trying to, he's trying to make a point. And this, this here explains the majority of the body of Christ. Verse 11, please. But if the spirit of him, now he's defining which spirit he's talking, of the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now you think, well, what's he getting at? You have Christ on the inside and you have the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwelling on the inside of you. You got both. But most of the body of Christ goes around and forgets about verse 11. They got Christ on the inside and still live like the world. Because it's possible. You're heaven bound. You're going to heaven. Nobody's taking that from you. We're not, you know, we're just saying that you can be, you can have God on this. And we got people all the time say, ah, I know Jesus. I love the Lord. Yeah, but you live like the devil. But I love the Lord. But you're living like the devil. Well, you're judging me. No, no, no. The word. Come on now. Come on. But see, you can have Christ on the inside and be unaware of, of what you have, amen, by the Spirit of God. And the whole time, the Spirit of God's wanting to breathe in you every day because if you could just get the Spirit of God to breathe in you every day, you ain't going to live like the devil. Because the one that raised Christ from the dead is alive and working on the inside and wanting to do things. He's just saying, just let me do something. Let me out. <laughs> no, stay down in there. Say hello. No, 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 no. We can't have any of that. Uh, but I got Jesus. You got more than Jesus. Jesus said, if it's good that I go away, it's your advantage. If I, if I go away, I'll send a helper to help. And you say, well, I don't need no help. Yes, you do. 
No, 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 I don't. I, I get this on my own. I got myself in this mess, and I'll get myself out. Thank you very much. That's silliness. Come on, somebody. You got the helper on the inside that's trying to resurrect that nasty thing. Trying to bring life into situations. Come on, somebody. And so he's trying to show you, praise God, that, that see, you can have Jesus on the inside and you still walk around controlled and dictated to by, by the natural realm and every decision you make based on natural things. That whole text there is written to the church saying, listen, you can walk in life or you can walk in death. You can choose life or you can choose death. What is it you're going to choose? And even though you got God on the inside, you're still walking like the world because you're not letting him breathe in you every day. All right, verse, verse 12. Let's look at this. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh... You die, you get the results of that mess. But if by the Spirit, if you live by the Spirit, see, if you conduct your life by the Spirit, huh, you put to death, you put to, you put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. I like that verse. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Amen. Hallelujah. The word sons, weos, that's the Greek word. It just means mature ones. In other words, the more you let God lead you by the Spirit, the more mature you become. It's a fact. The word led means induced, influenced, amen, empowered, inspirited. What you do is let him breathe. If I titled today, just breathe, will you? Just breathe. Breathe in. Pull it in. Amen. Somewhere along the line, amen, you got to be able to shut down all this mess out here a little bit. Take a few minutes and just let him breathe into you. Let him give you breath. Amen. You might be amazed at how many things you're worrying about that you don't have to worry about no more. How many things that, that you, you're, you're concerned, how it's going to turn out? God will show you how it turns out. Remember all the things we've been finding out about by the Spirit? He's there to help. He's there to assist you. He's there to show you things to come. He's there to bring things to your remembrance. He's there to teach you. He's there to instruct you. There's even conviction there. There's time when you're walking along, all of a sudden, ding, 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 ding. What was that? Conviction. Stop, stop. Whoa, brakes. Hold it. Right? Right? I just, you know, you're going along and you're going to, uh, what just happened? I chose to be led by the Spirit. Got tasered, tased, yeah, there we go. Have you ever been tased by the Spirit? <laughs> anyway, you think about this. So the more, the more you let the Spirit then begin to lead you, show you, and guide you in things, the more mature you become. You'd be amazed. It makes you look smarter than you are. There is no doubt about it. I mean, you could be dumb as a stump and look good because, yeah, God said do this. I'm doing it. How did that work for you? Well, you know, God's good. Yeah. Well, you're smart. Well, keep thinking that. You look better than you look. Amen. But man, you're going along and the Spirit of God's going, eh, 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 and you just keep on doing it anyway. You look stupider than you. Right? And the whole time the Spirit of God was trying to help. Hey, man, turn left, not right. Your other left. Right? Somebody said, oh, that ain't how, it is how it works. And the more you acknowledge that, the more you take the time. Because everything in the natural tries to dictate. And pretty soon, you, you, you literally shut down your very help. You've shut down your assistant. You've shut down the one that wants to guide, the one that wants to somehow, you know, direct you through those tough situations. And he's a counselor. He's a comforter. I mean, all the things that the Spirit of God, as we've been finding out over the last few weeks, that He's there to do. I mean, all it takes is just, at times, just stop. 
Just stop and shut it down. I don't care if you got to, sh- well, if you're driving down the road, don't shut your eyes. But, but somewhere along the line, you got to learn how just to shut out all the other distractions. And just learn to acknowledge him. And in a sense, maybe I don't care how you do it. I mean, I get, a, I get my own little picture inside. I just, literally, just God just breathing. <sighs> breathing into me. The Spirit of God is like. <sighs> and then it's only a matter of seconds. And now you kind of have an idea what to do. And you'd be amazed at how many times in the course of a day the Spirit of God can direct you away from problems, direct you away from issues. And it's just learning sometimes to stop and let Him lead, let Him empower you, let Him, and literally that word led again, induced, inspirited, where your spirit now is being filled up with His. Amen. Your heart now, that the core, the center, that decision maker, the will, that, that, that seat of control is trying to, trying to go another. And all of a sudden, it just brings in life. And all of a sudden, it's like, ooh, you know what? I was going to do something stupid. I ain't going to do that now, praise the Lord. And just that one decision might have saved you a, a month of heartache. Might have saved you a thousand bucks. Come on, somebody. Might have saved you an issue. Might have saved you a, an accident. Might have saved you a heartbreak. Might have saved you from an embarrassing situation. Spirit of God, God doesn't want you embarrassed. God doesn't want you, you know, looking, looking, uh, you know, foolish. God isn't wanting, wanting you to, God ain't wanting any of that. He's want, you're his kid. Do you want that at your kids? I just can't wait till my kid looks stupid. Nobody thinks that. Well, if you do, that's, well, you go to jail. But anyway, um, Anyway, the point is, nobody really thinks that way about their kids. Do you think God really thinks that way about any of us? So the whole time, he's trying to lead, trying to guide. Okay, can you handle some more? Um, let's see. Let's see. I, you know, I was going to go to like the message, but I think we'll do. Let's go straight over to uh, Galatians 5. Let's look at that. And uh, see it in the light of what we've been uh, bringing out here. Um, Verse 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if you walk in the Spirit, somebody says, Pastor, I didn't come here to hear about the flesh. No, well, you did. You're here to to overcome the flesh. Come on, somebody. All right, now, so um, walk in the Spirit. Um, the word walk here is a little different word than the, the verse down in verse 25 here. The word walk here means literally uh, to become occupied with or to become uh, as a follower or a companion of is what that word walk there means, okay? A little bit different Greek word. But I say then, walk as a companion uh, with the Spirit or in the Spirit, and it says if you do that, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, okay? That's a good promise. So what happens sometimes, I'm just trying to show you, sometimes we make it way too, too difficult. We make walking this walk too difficult. Just, just learn to not hyperventilate and just breathe. Okay, don't make it more complicated than it is. And you might be amazed at how many things you overcome when you just kind of make a little adjustment and shift and, and just do it right, and all of a sudden it starts working. Okay, verse 17, please. Okay. It says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Of course, you know, they do, right? Because these are contrary to one another so that uh, you, do, uh, you do not do the things that you wish. Come on. How many have been there? And how many are lying? How many have been there? Yeah, I did that dumb thing and I know I wasn't supposed to and I went and did it anyway. Oh, my gosh. Somebody says, I'm the only one that's that stupid and nobody else does this. No, we all have been stupid and we've all done things crazy. And we've all been foolish at times. I said we've all been foolish at times. It's just the facts. Okay? Sometimes we do the thing we wish we wouldn't have done. Or do things that we, we know we shouldn't do. I mean. But if you are, here we go, but if you are, but if you are, verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, that same word, okay, influenced, uh, induced, inspirited. In other words, you're letting Him lead you, okay, if, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Somebody says, well, that mean I get to do whatever I want then? That ain't what it means. Okay? It means uh, subject to the law. And what that means is you're not going to have that. If you live by the Spirit, you don't have to have everybody trying to corral you. That's what it means. 
Hey, dude, boundaries, come on. See, but when you're out of control, then everybody has to step in and bring boundaries. But when you learn to be led by the Spirit, you don't need any of that anymore. Because you're walking this thing and being where, and you're, you're going where you got to go and you're doing what you got to do. So it's just that, it becomes that simple, all right? Uh, verse 19, please. Let's get down here. We got to get down here. Uh, now, the works of the flesh are evident. Now, this word works, you could, another word for this, you could just literally put the fruit of the flesh. Well, it comes out of just making flesh decisions, right? All right. Now, uh, this is not a list that everybody wants to hear, so let's read it fast. And we feel better. All right. So, all right. So. Uh, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness, and idolatry, sorcery, hatred. <laughs> All right. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, which another word uh, would be lasciviousness or licentiousness. It just, it just means no restraint. Okay? You're out of control. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, or quarreling. Uh, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions or disunion, discord, that kind of thing. Heresies, which just means uh, really just means to, uh, um, to to really to argue over over the word is really what what heresies mean. Okay, so uh, envy, murders, drunkenness. People say, well, yeah, that's right, murders. Yeah, yeah. Drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Look at your neighbor and say, whew, I'm so glad you're not guilty of those things. All he's doing is giving you, listen, listen, this is the works of flesh. This is the fruit of flesh. And anytime you're going to live life without the Spirit, you're going to be guilty of one of these little boogers right here. I guarantee you it's going to happen. Somewhere along the line, one of them little boogers is going to stick up and bite you. Or several of them. Some of you got a bunch of them nipping at your feet right now. Because when you don't live by the Spirit, this is the fruit of it. It just happens. And you say, well, okay, I'm going to, you're a good little Christian. You, know, you shouldn't do that. That's right. I shouldn't do that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Put them up. Put them up. I'm not going to, right? And so this way Christians live. What are you trying to do? Knock down adultery and knock down fornication and that lasciviousness word. Whatever it means, I'm knocking it down too. Right? And we live life like that. And it's not how it's designed to work. So you're even trying to be a Christian and trying to do it in your own. I'm going to be a Christian and I'm going to do it right. And, <sighs> God, it's horrible. So we say, well, well, how else do you beat it? Well, live by the Spirit. And then it just has a different kind of fruit. Okay, let's get to the good stuff. Oh, because that's exhausting. Man. Okay. Verse 21, I guess we better finish that verse at least. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things, everybody say practice it. So it's not, it's not just a you know, one-time thing here. But you've practiced it. Okay, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. The word kingdom means rule, reign, or realm. So in other words, if you want God on the scene, if you want the rule, the reign, or the realm of God moving in your life, then, you know, keep practicing that mess. It ain't going to happen. You're going to miss out on some things. Come on. But, whew, this is a good one. The fruit of the Spirit we could even say the workings of the Spirit. Notice what comes out of a life living. Remember, in context, he's talking about walking the Spirit, right? And if you do this, if you live by this and walk by this, then this is what begins to manifest. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. In other words, you're not because you're 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 bearing fruits. There's no reason for anybody to corral you because you're already bearing fruit that keeps you corralled. Now listen, listen. 
Somebody said, this is the same way. We do the same thing. If you're not living by the Spirit, so you're, you're, you're saying, okay, no, I can't farm the can, I can't this, I can't. It's like, okay, what are you going to do? I'm going to walk in love. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I'm just trying to walk in love. <laughs> What's up? Joy. Is that joy? I'm joyful. Come on. Yeah, you're tweaking on something, dude. <laughs> right? Peace and long suffering, and I mean, we just strain at it. <sighs> Trying to be a Christian is so much work. No, it ain't. Breathe. Now to just take time and let the Spirit of God just do something, say something, lead, guide. You'd be amazed how all of a sudden it's not that hard to walk in love. It's not that hard to be joyful. It's not that hard to be, you know, long-suffering. It's not hard to walk with self-control. Because you're going along and you're just, you're just letting the Spirit lead. You're, you're just being empowered. Letting, you're just, and you're induced and spirited, praise God. You're just taking it, and pretty soon you get used to it, and pretty soon it's, it's just an everyday occurrence happens all through the day, and you'll find yourself not yielding to that, not yielding to that, not yielding, and you ain't having to strain at it. Nobody wants to see a Christian strain because they just so, it's just so wrong. And you're like this, and you're saying, Don't you want my Jesus? And you could be like me. Ooh. I got enough of that already. Huh, right? That ain't how it's designed to work. So you just got to learn to breathe. Look at your neighbor and say, just breathe, will you? All right. So let's go down to this verse now. Okay. Verse 24 says, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. And it says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. All that stuff will go be, it'll all fall by the wayside. It will happen. You'll walk free from that mess. That stuff that tries to hang you up, you'll get free from it. You'll walk away from that mess. It's all right. But you've got to let Him constantly uh, be a part. You've got to constantly acknowledge Him, constantly bring in and pull in breath. And let, let the Spirit of God guide you in some things. When sometimes you just need comfort. Sometimes you need strength. Sometimes you just need a standby. No, somebody's got your back. Come on. And just in those moments, it was just enough to kind of get you over that hump. And next thing you know, you're conquering again. Praise God. And the Spirit of God knows all that stuff. I mean, have you ever had the Spirit of God just say, Aw, you need a hug. Thank you. It can, listen, if, if, if you don't let the Spirit of God do it, then you're always looking around for everybody. Would somebody out there give me a hug? Right? And then you're looking for love in all the wrong places, baby. Right? And then you get all done and you go, oh, my gosh, I went to the wrong place again. What's wrong with me? And the whole time the Spirit of God was over there going, I wanted to give you a and I said, oh, that's silly. It ain't silly. You'd be amazed at how many things that you, you go out and looking out here to somehow fulfill something, change something, adjust something, and you're looking out here trying to figure it all out, and somehow mentally you, you get overwhelmed, and pretty soon it's like, ah, just forget it all. And then, then you're back under condemnation again and shame and all that mess, and the whole time the Spirit of God says, I, I was trying to help. Let me breathe into you. If we live in the Spirit, Amen. If that's what we do, and that's what we that's what we're called to do. If we live in the Spirit, then let then we're going to have to, Amen, walk in the Spirit again. Uh, that word "walk," what I tell you, it meant, Amen. <laughs> to keep step. There it is. To keep step. So, in other words, the whole time you're moving along, we're going to live this thing, which means you're going to be walking anyway. 
just to live this life. All he's saying is, listen, this, let me help you with that, and then just keep step with me. So you let me breathe into you. Uh, you, you know, uh, maybe just now I just got a picture, so let's see how good it, if it works. But I'm not going to do this. This would be weird. But um, have you ever, like, as a kid and, uh, and as a little kid, you might have, uh, you know, got on dad's feet? So I said, I said I'm not going to do it. This would be really weird. But anyway, but sometimes I think that's exactly what's happening. The Spirit of God says, well, jump on board. You know, you just breathe. And you see, just get on my feet. Yeah, there you go. What are you doing? Keeping step. You know, and you're thinking, and you're just kind of. I mean, you think about a kid that's riding on dad's feet. It ain't no strain. It ain't no. We just go wherever he go. Pray the Lord. Hallelujah. It just seems like we're going in the right place all the time. I, wow, this is awesome. I kind of like this. Amen. Hallelujah. And so let him breathe into you. Take a breath. Breathe in God. Breathe in. Amen. Are you, did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. What happens when they hyperventilate? They can't breathe. So what do they give them? A bag. They give them a bag, <laughs> a bag. to breathe there in, we go. right? I got to hand out bags. I have those out at the table. <laughs> That's not what I'm getting. But what happens is because they go to rapid breathing. They go to rapid breathing and go <laughs> like that, right? But what caused that? Stress, panic, anxiety, fear, something threw them a curveball and they didn't know how to deal with it and it took their breath. Yeah. Okay? Spiritually, we should never have to hyperventilate because if we're being breathed in daily, it will take care of the moments that could cause us to hyperventilate. Yeah. And it'll never be a pressure and never be a stress. There'll never be Ooh, a hyperventilating on. Christian is a Christian that is so desperate because they've not had a constant walk with God. Yeah. Because they've not had a daily walk with God. Mm -hmm. So then the moment comes and it knocks them down. Mm -hmm. And that's when hyperventilation happens. It's because a moment that you weren't prepared for came your way, and so you went to hyperventilating. What am I going to do? How are we going to handle this? What's going to happen? And you're looking for God, <laughs> and you're getting no breath. Mm -hmm. You're getting no air. You're not getting the breath of God. It's the daily thing. So you have to remember, there is going to be things in life that are going to confront you that are bigger than you. But there is never going to be anything in life that's going to confront you that's bigger than God. That's right. Amen. Amen. So if you consistently breathe in God, you will never have a need to hyperventilate. Amen. Because you Come already on. got the breath that's, that's right. going to take Come you on. through. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a shout. Come on. <clears throat> you know, remember, he, he shows you not only, not only brings things to your remembrance, but he also shows you things to come. So sometimes you got to remember, he's already preparing you for whatever little ploy or trickery or whatever it is the enemy tries to lay out there for you. And so praise the Lord. That's good. Amen. Isn't that good? Yes. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and stand. Let's pray. Let's, amen. Grab hold of this. Amen. Father, we give you the praise and the glory once again. Thank you for your word, for these principles. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord God, for just the Spirit of God working on the inside of each and every one of us. And I thank you. Hallelujah. And we are all breathing, hallelujah, the breath of God every day, praise God. Breathing in, hallelujah, every leading, every bidding, every prompting, hallelujah, hallelujah, bringing forth everything that you offer, praise God, putting it out there, amen, so we could have it, praise God, every day, praise the Lord. And Father, I give you the praise and the glory. Thank you today, they had ears to hear it, and hearts to receive it. And I give you the praise and the glory for a people of God that walk by the Spirit, who live in the Spirit, praise God, and they fulfill the God-given plan, praise God, of their life. Hallelujah. And one day we will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Praise God. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. Come on, somebody. Praise God. Well.
Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.